Okay, let's begin today by opening up, uh, you can find Proverbs 9, 8 through 9, and, and I'm, we're not going to get there quite yet, but I want to invite you to that. Proverbs 9, 8 through 9 is where we're going to start. The, um, today, the title of the sermon is Fear the Lord and Being a Fool, that is, fear those things both, fear the Lord and fear being a fool. Um, we're going to spend the month of May in the book of Proverbs, and I've actually had a couple different conversations with people who asked, you know, what are you up to as far as what are you preaching, that sort of thing, and I said, well, we're going to do the, the book of Proverbs over the month of May, to which there's been this exclamation of, you're going to do all of Proverbs in five weeks? Yes. Yes, we are together, not just me. So uh, this includes you. Um, I'm inviting you to read a proverb a day with me. There are 31 days in the month of May... 31 proverbs. Math is not my strong suit, but I can handle this one, and so can you. So even I'm doing another reading plan right now. I'm, I'm still working through some of the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, but I'm still going to read a proverb a day in the, in the month of May. It rhymes too. I mean, how can you not do it, right? But there are multiple ways that you can be involved. So even if you're not going to do that, one, one way you can do that, you can, if you're a version user, the online app, you can join me that way, and you can share proverbs. But the thing about the Proverbs that I've discovered is they're so meaningful for so many different reasons to so many different people. And the Proverbs are all about wisdom and being wiser because we encountered them. And they also encourage us, they challenge us, but we can also use the Proverbs to encourage and challenge one another. And so I'm inviting you to that. And, and sometimes we hear that within our congregation, and we think, that's wonderful for the person sitting next to me to do. I'm currently talking to you and to me, that I'm in inviting us one way or another to share. There are cards in the back of the sanctuary. If you're on site, as all of you are today, write down over the month of May a favorite proverb. You can write down multiple. I've got two back there. Ailey Hope joined me on Wednesday and wrote down one. We're taping them to the wall. Just tape them to the wall. If we fill up that wall, we'll go to another wall. Write them down. There's Sharpies and pens back there. You can go to the digital bulletin. You can copy and paste and submit them. That'll be there all month. It won't go away. Other stuff changes on that Sunday page on the bulletin. That won't go away. You can use it all month. So if you're online, you can do that. You can, um, you know, tell me if you want. You can go to YouVersion, join the YouVersion plan. Copy and paste there. You, there's a place to copy and paste every day if you want. But let's share, let's bless one another with the Proverbs. It's a work that we can do together as the body of Christ not simply me as your pastor. And so that's the invitation I give to you this month. So we're looking at the, the book of Proverbs. Uh, the beginning of wisdom is what we've titled the series, and we discover that the wise find reward, the fools find failure. That's what we discover within the book of Proverbs. It's not karma, it's the fear of God. That's what it is. It's the fear of the Lord that is actually the root of that success. And that doesn't simply make eternity worth living. It means that God has, and that's of course the hope, that's what God gives us, but it means that God's given us a way to actually enjoy life now living into eternity. And it's a very practical book when we approach it that way, to, in order to make life worth living so that we can even more appreciate what God has in store for us in the future, because God's tomorrow is always better than God's today. What are Proverbs? Let's define it before we get into it. Uh, multiple different ways that people have defined it. This one is the simplest one I found this week that just gets us straight to the point. From Justin Strong, he says it's a short, memorable statement used to give wise advice and counsel. That'll work. 
I mean, there's a ton of different ways that people have approached what is a proverb and how you de define it. But of course, that doesn't even tell us that much. It tells us that this is something that we can look at very simply. We can remember very simply. And probably you have some memorized if you've read them at, at, at any point in your life or they kind of rattle around in your head. But they're meant to be provocative. They're meant to not tell you the point right away, even though they tell you the point. They're meant to rattle around in your head and challenge you and make you think and think and think. And they're, made, they're, they're intended to move you to action or not action. <laughs> Say, wait a minute, hold on. Like, this is one of my favorites coming up. I, Proverbs 26 in general is my favorite. Um, Proverbs 26, 17. I, I have this one rattling around in my head a lot. Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own right? It doesn't just say, don't get into an argument that's not yours. That's far more provocative. You grab that dog by the ears, what happens when you let go? It's not going to end well. That's what the Proverbs do. They make us think harder about those everyday interactions. And the main idea for the whole series that we could go with is that fools place their hope in pride because it's all about the fool versus the wise. Fools place their hope in pride the wise place their hope in the Lord. So let's talk about who the wise are. And this is the genius thing about Proverbs, again, is there's no one verse you can point to that says, if we're going to define wisdom, this is the verse you'd point to. The whole book is structured so that we would encounter it and have an idea of wisdom because we continue to encounter it and work with it and sift through it. So there's no one definition. So over the course of the month, we're really defining who are the wise. And by definition, we'll have to define who are the fools and the sluggards and all the other people it brings up. But that's the third week. That's the fun stuff. Today, Proverbs 9, 8 and 9. Let's start there. And, and we start here because it's kind of the reiteration in the middle of Proverbs, or the beginning, beginning middle of Proverbs of the key verse. And we'll talk about the key verse in just a second. But it says, do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The wise we discover right away, and if you don't get anything else from the whole series, this is the most important thing to get. The wise are teachable. The wise are teachable. Because who's the audience? of the book of Proverbs. I mean, in simple form, it's from the son, presumably David, to Solomon. And it's kind of structured that way. He doesn't, he doesn't even name himself. It's just my son, and it's Solomon. And there are other people in the book of Proverbs as well. But who's intended the benefit from Proverbs? Not just Solomon. It's more broad than that. Tremper Longman, the Old Testament professor, points out very simply, there's only two audiences of people that should benefit from the book of Proverbs, or that will. The wise and the simple. The wise, because they, they recognize that they've never gotten to the end of wisdom, they always want to be wiser, and they're teachable. And the simple, and by the simple, it simply means people who don't have the knowledge and the skill, but they would take it if it were given to them, and they would move forward in wisdom. That's all it means. I don't have what I need to be wise, but I'll take it when you give it to me, and then I'll be wiser. That's the simple. The uneducated, ignorant, any of those things get used sometimes. There's people who just don't know is the simplest way to say it. Those are the two people. And so kind of the key passage to all of Proverbs usually gets pointed, pointed to Proverbs 1-7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And what we discover is there's one group of people who Proverbs is not intended for. The fool. It's for the wise. It's for the simple because they're teachable. Fools are not teachable, we discover. We also want to point out as we're talking about what wisdom is and that, that those who are wise are teachable. Wisdom is not, we can at least say this, wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge and it's not the same thing as age. Let's start with age. Wisdom is not the same thing as age. I can guess that you've probably met people who were very young that were wise. And I have too. They, and they know they're not at the end of wisdom. They just make wise choices. I've met a lot of young people who can do that. I've met people who are well along in years who were not wise. You've probably met some people like that too. People who consistently you think, how can they possibly make that decision again and they continue to do it, and they don't make wise choices, even with many years. They're not the same thing, wisdom and age. They don't necessarily go together. They can, we hope they do, but they don't necessarily. And wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge. Wisdom kind of is simply put as skill in living. That's Eugene Peterson has stated it that way, and a lot of other people have reiterated that. That's a simplistic way to say it, but it helps us get, move forward with it. It's not the same as knowledge, because again, I'm going to guess that you and I have both met people who have a ton of knowledge but make some unwise choices. I've met a lot of people like that in life, too. And it, of course, one of the things, just as a, uh, we have to be introspective here, is if I've said either of those things and you think, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old and I'm wise and I'm, you know, I have a lot of knowledge and I'm wise, we have to be careful if we're, <laughs> we, we don't want to be, uh, no, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. Let's get to verse 10. It's on the screen here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So this sounds very much like Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So it sounds almost like Proverbs 1-7, but not quite the same. And so the second thing we discover of three things we're going to talk about today is that the wise are not simply teachable, but the wise are reverent. This is the root of it all. The wise fear the Lord. And what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, I, what I'm going to do is give us, uh, for this thought and the next one, I'm going to use Proverbs to define itself and give us some insight in what it means to fear the Lord and then the next point. And I'm only going to use Proverbs from the first nine chapters because that's the part that is not Solomon. It's its own little section. So we want uh, that to interpret itself. The, the words to my son in that section. So the wise are reverent. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Proverbs 3, 7 gives us some insight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. To be reverent, then, is to hate that which is evil. To hate that which is contrary to God and God's character and God's will and desires. The one who fears the Lord doesn't want to do things that are the opposite of the character and will of God. That is the beginning of being reverent and, and to live in fear of the Lord in that positive sense. The flip side of that is that it's not simply that we would shun evil, but to be reverent then is to trust the Lord. Because 
if we do the opposite of what God wants and desires, we're living pridefully. We're putting ourselves in the position of God on the throne that God deserves, not us. And even though we may not call it evil, we at minimum have to call it sinful. It's the opposite, and it's offensive to God to do things that are the opposite of his character, desires, and wills, because that's not how he created us. It's not godly to not trust the Lord. So in all of its strength, Proverbs says, shun evil. Anything that's the opposite of what God wants, run from it as fast as possible. Don't even stand close to the edge of it. Get away from it. Proverbs 8.13, we can add to this. Here Proverbs points out, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We already did that part. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. It gives us a little more to go on here of what this looks like. Perverse speech, that is false statements, things that aren't true. The opposite of truth is what that's talking about. Furthermore, there's behavior that goes with that. Of course, there's attitudes of the heart that can empower that as well. When we have perverse speech, there's often perverse behavior that goes with that. That means that we lack integrity. We're not actually living truthfully. And sometimes we don't acknowledge that. And the way that plays out, sometimes we're unaware, but sometimes we're very aware. And so we're very pious and holy looking in one environment, church. And then we go to our home, our work, our other places, and we live with a divided heart, acting differently in those environments, in ways that aren't living truthfully laughing at things we ought not laugh at, saying things we ought not say, looking at things we ought not look at. That is to live with a divided heart. That is to live with not simply perverse speech, but the arrogance of pride living in and through us, where we would present ourselves one way but live another way in offense to God. I hate those things, wisdom says. Third thing we can point out about the wise is that the wise, they're teachable. The wise are, uh, oh, oh, we should read the verse. Thank you, Ron. You reminded me. Let's read this for verses 11 and 12. It says, for through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. It's verse 11. Verse 12, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you were a mocker, you alone will suffer. So the third thing we can say about the wise is that they thrive. We need to parse this a little bit, though. So the wise are teachable, the wise are reverent, the wise thrive. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. And when we encounter passages like this from Proverbs telling us about uh, how those who are wise live, how those who are righteous, that is, they follow what God wants, they live uh, in accordance with God's will and desires in their life, does this mean that somebody who's wise will encounter no trouble in this life? Absolutely not. Read the rest of Proverbs and you discover a whole lot of it is about how to be wise in really difficult situations. The wise and the fool are both going to encounter a lot of trouble in this life. 
They will. That's just the way it goes. But the difference is the wise walk through trouble well. The fools stumble through it. The wise walk through those moments of trouble and they don't get lost in the problem. They see beyond it. They're looking to God for their strength in those moments and their hope. And the fools don't do that. The fools are lost. Now, I want to make a note, one way that this plays out is that if your disposition in life is to be a complainer, we can all have complaints. If your disposition in life is to be a griper about everything, that's a danger zone. That's not a teachable disposition and spirit at that point. Right? Because when, we, when that's our disposition... We are people where you could say misery loves company and we're going to look for our fulfillment through more griping and complaining and grumping. Proverbs has a different word for that kind of person and it's not wise. If you find yourself in that situation, Proverbs has words for you and they're very helpful. The wise, you see, they see the problems that are before them And they may have a complaint or a gripe, but they look for the solutions. They look beyond those. And so what does that look like? The wise person gets a new job. They get a new role. They get something handed to them in life, and they may even be handed a bag of lemons with what's happening in life. And the wise may even have a complaint or a vent or people that they talk to about those things. But then the wise figure it out. They don't get lost in complaining about the lot they've been handed in life They can get frustrated, but they seek solutions, and they're always looking to the end, and the end that is most pleasing to God. That's the path of the wise. Proverbs 8, 20 and 21. Here's wisdom speaking. I, wisdom, walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. When you hear, you'll hear this throughout Proverbs, treasuries, that kind of language. Um, It's kind of the storehouse of food is what it is. It's bigger than your pantry. Um, It's the extra food that you have stocked somewhere for the, the whole season, basically. But it would be the equivalent of our savings account, bank account, that kind of thing, and our assets that we have stocked up. And you see these material blessings that come uh, in the book of Proverbs. And there is a correlation, right? There is some kind of a correlation between wise choices and the fact that it could be a little better for you materially. Now, this is not health and wealth, though, the way it it gets, like, if you just do the right formula and just pray the right way, you're going to get all this stuff. That's not at all how Proverbs presents it, nor is it karma, like we said before. What happens is we have common sense paths of wisdom here. If you don't go into debt, you're going to be more free. It's that kind of stuff. That's, that's stated in the book of Proverbs. If the, the foolish person gets their, their wad of money and they have a hole burning in their pocket, that's what happens. But the wise person doesn't do that. That's why they are better off in the end. Because they save and they store up and they do those sorts of things. It's not simply that uh, it's, it's a one-to-one ratio. Because there are times when the Proverbs talks about, hey, even if I don't have, and somebody who's a fool has a whole bunch of stuff, I'd rather be wise and poor than foolish and rich. 
You find those throughout the book of Proverbs. Because Proverbs points out things like this. The wise inherit honor, but fools get only shame. I wondered this week as I did this, and we're looking, of course, at the wise as the primary thing we want to look at through the whole book of Proverbs. But I wondered, uh, as we embarked on this today, if, if there was such a thing as like a fool's test or something like that to make sure we see if we're wise or foolish. And so I created one, and we'll get to it in a moment. Um, but I wanted to start with this story. We had a, uh, we had a dog growing up uh, who was very energetic, and um, she was out in the backyard one day. You know, you're talking about an 11-, 12-pound dog. And she decided that she was going to bark at the birds for a whole day. And she did. And the birds did not like it. So the next day when she went out to do her outside stuff at the beginning of the day, the birds had rallied together. And they dove at her for the entire day every single time she went out. These birds did not care for that. About a day and a half they did this to her. And I think she generally learned her lesson because I don't think she did that again. Sometimes we can be pretty full of ourselves and our abilities, and we will be humbled in the process. You see, the reality, and this is what I fumbled before and was going to bring it up later, so I shouldn't have brought it up first in the first place, is that if you think you're wise, be careful. And if you think you're a fool, you might have something to grow on. The wise are never satisfied that they've reached the end of wisdom. That's why. They're teachable. They always want more wisdom. They'll always soak it in. They always want to take it from whatever source they can. Fools never think they are fools. They always think they're the wisest person in the room. So here's a test for teachability I created. Six questions. They're not on the screen. A couple are yes or no, a couple are kind of either or kind of questions. I'll make sure to re restate them for you. But the first question for teachability is this. Am I able to take instruction from others? It's pretty basic, but think about it for just a second longer. Am I able to take instruction from others? And I, I know I have faced this in my own life where sometimes truth comes my way and I didn't want to receive it from that source. That's not being teachable. Am I able to take instruction from others, even if I don't like the source? Second, have I surrounded myself with people who only say what I want to hear or what I need to hear? Have I surrounded myself with people who only say what I want to hear or what I need to hear? If we only surround ourselves with yes men and yes women, we are not teachable. Are the things that influencing me telling me the truth? Books, news, social media, the things that influence me the most, are they telling me the truth? It's not that you can't do that. We read those things and see those things and consume those. But are those the primary things that tell me the truth or proclaim to tell me the truth, but they don't? Fourth question. Here's a prideful question. Do I believe wisdom is a gift from God or something I came up with and give to others? Fifth question. Am I humble enough to say I'm sorry 
when I'm wrong. And sixth question, it's the next iteration of that question. Am I reverent enough to say I've sinned before the living God? And I bring the last one up as the last one because we have to say a couple things about it. One is some of us don't have a discipline of confession with regularity, and we need that. We need to confess before the living God. And if we don't do that with regularity, we can run into the danger zone of being a fool, not a wise person. And secondly, when we confess before the living God, and we'll have opportunity to do that in a moment at the table, it's most important to be specific, not generic. We do generically sin, in a sense, against the living God. That's what sin is. We just do the opposite of God, what God wants. But that comes about in specific ways. And we need specific forgiveness. And we need to specifically confess for where we've wronged others and certainly where we've wronged the living God. And if we're not willing to confess and if we even bristle at the idea, brothers, sisters, and friends, we're not in the category of wise. One of the most beautiful things about this passage that we were reading today, Proverbs 9, and I encourage you to read the whole proverb either today or you can read it on May 9th, is that uh, it's, it begins with wisdom as a feast, and an invitation to the feast. It's a beautiful way of stating it. In Proverbs 4 through 6, it says this, let all who are simple come to my house. What a brilliant invitation, right? I hope we all want that invitation. Let those who are simple come to my house. To, how, to, to those who have no sense, wisdom says, come, eat my food, drink the wine I have mixed, leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. It's a brilliant invitation. And Proverbs just gives those all over the place to come before the living God and soak in what he has to offer. It is wise so that we would thrive in the life he's given us and beyond. Friend of the congregation, the late Warren Wearsby said, when it comes to possessing eternal life and living so as to please God, he's commenting on this passage, he says it's an either-or situation. Either we accept the invitation or we reject it. Either we obey his wisdom or we reject it. Those who claim to be neutral are rejecting his word as much as those who turn away from it completely. He that is not with me is against me, said Jesus in Matthew 12. If you are wise or simple, that's good. Proverbs is for you. Join me in reading it. Join your fellow family, uh, church family in reading it. Wisdom is offered to the wise and the simple as a feast. Feast on it for the month of May and beyond. And we always must assess the choices that we're making in life if they're leading us towards that feast of wisdom or away. We should shun evil, anything that takes us away from the feast. Shun that. Don't get close to it. Walk towards the feast. Take the invitation to wisdom because wisdom proclaims that God is God and I'm not. The wise realize that without God, we're sunk. 
fools place their hope in pride. The wise place their hope in the Lord.